the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Once upon a time, you dressed so fine. Through the bumps of dime in your prime. Then you. People call, say, beware, doll. You're bound to fall. You thought they were all. What's going on, everybody? Happy uh, Father's Day. If you are a father, happy to you. And yeah, how does it feel? Another Al Gattulo Craft Beer cast on AM 970, The Answer. We've got a great show for you tonight, a craft beer guest that's going to be joining me a little bit later this hour in the usual news and notes to get to. Little Bob Dylan, like a Rolling Stone. Did you know this week in rock history, Bob Dylan recorded like a Rolling Stone back in 1965 at Columbia Recording Studios here, right here in New York City. And in the sessions for the forthcoming Highway 61 Revisited album, uh, uh, the Hammond organ, unlike a Rolling Stone, has become one of rock's most recognizable sounds. Pretty cool stuff in rock history this week in 1965. Uh, How can you follow me very easily? On Twitter, at Al Gattulo. Instagram, at Gattulo. G-A-T-T-U-L-L-O. Facebook.com slash AGCraftBeerCast. Via email at Albert G at NYCRadio.com. iTunes, Google Play. You just do a search for AG Craft Beer Cast. You can find all the shows on those two platforms. We're Alexa Ready as well. We're on radio.com, iHeartRadio, and we're also on the Hopped Up Network. You just head over to the HoppedUpNetwork.com. You can listen to the podcast version of this show uh, Monday mornings before 6 a.m. Now, coming up in 20 minutes, Sean McNulty. He's a podcaster, host of a show called Selling Craft Beer. He gives you all the info that you need to know about the business of beer in six minutes or less. He calls it appropriately enough the Sixer. He's on iTunes, Google Play, Hopped Up Network, and Stitcher. Or check him out on I, uh, Instagram at sellcraftbeer or facebook.com slash sellingcraftbeer. That'll take place just about 20 minutes from now. Let's dive right into news um, because there's lots of it and a lot of things going on in Chicago. First off, I direct you to my Facebook page, uh, facebook.com slash agcraftbeercast. Great uh, piece uh, from a week ago from Josh Knoll, the great writer for the Chicago Tribune who covers the beer scene, and how um, the how Chicago um, is sort of, you know, they're haphazardly opening up or allowing breweries to open up to serve beer to patrons, you know, for sit-down purposes. New Jersey just started this week uh, with um, outdoor service, uh, restaurants, breweries, things of that nature. Um, Indoor service, not allowed yet. But it's interesting what's going on in Chicago, and Josh Noel covers it 
uh, for the Chicago Tribune. I posted the article on the Facebook page back last Monday. But Dovetail Brewing, based out of Chicago as well, is asking Mayor Lori Lightfoot to allow breweries and other bars without food service to reopen for on-premise service. Josh explores this. We'll talk about this a little bit more. This was from Brewbound. So under uh, the mayor's uh, current COVID-19 guidance, establishments with bar and food service can reopen for outdoor dining. The return of these other options for consumers has led to a decline in to-go business uh, for craft brewers such as Dovetail. Dovetail co-founder uh, Hagen Dost told CBS Chicago, the business that we've created of packaged goods to go is going to go away now because of the other options. The loss of taproom sales could prove catastrophic for Dovetail. They estimated that two-thirds of its 2019 revenue came from the company's taproom. Illinois Craft Brewers Guild Executive Director Danielle D'Alessandro uh, told Brewbound that fewer than 20 breweries in Chicago are affected by the food service requirement. We've sent a letter to the mayor's office and have continued efforts to include these small businesses in phase three with outdoor dining, she said in an email to Brewbound. In the letter, D'Alessandro shared suggestions collected from brewery owners about how their businesses could reopen safely. They included expanded service to outdoor spaces, two-hour time limits for seating, reservations to cap occupancy, and partnerships with food trucks to meet the meal requirement. Other states and cities have put similar guidelines in place to require food to accompany any purchase of alcohol in Massachusetts. Breweries and beer gardens without food service cannot reopen until the state's phase four, which could begin in mid-July at the earliest. Look, I, I understand um, the concerns here. And New Jersey, uh, as an example, seems to, for so far, I mean, obviously we're, we're, gonna, we're really not going to know for a couple of weeks, but so far they seem to have gotten it right in terms of the outdoor dining experience and in terms of, um, you know, being able to, for breweries to sit outside. I saw Cypress earlier in the week. They have a parking lot where they were able to set up tables and serve patrons. Didn't seem to be an issue. Other places on their main streets were able to put tables out and serve their patrons. Some breweries can't do it yet. Uh, I know Source is not doing it, and of course portions of the Algatillo Craft Beer Cast uh, brought to you by Source Brewing uh, in Colts Neck, New Jersey. They are not uh, opening up for outdoor beer service until sometime in July because they're just not prepared for it yet. Um, There are obviously a number of issues that they have to get through. Uh, I like the idea of a two-hour time limit for seating. I like the idea of reservations. This way you know who's coming in and who's not coming in. Some breweries uh, are doing a mix of it. Yes, we're doing reservations. Yes, you can come in. Uh, for walk-up service and and possibly get a table, but you may have to wait. Depending on the the, the weather and the temperature, maybe you don't want to wait. But these are things that I think Chicago can do to adapt to this here and allow these other businesses to thrive. Look, I I get it. We've been home for a while. We want to get out now. But I think it needs to be done in a responsible manner, not like what we saw last weekend in Manhattan where people were just milling out all over the street and hanging around the bar because they just needed to get out of their house. That can't happen right now. There, there has to be some type of control here. So I hope that Chicago um, gets their act together a little bit and allows this to happen. And again, for more on this, just check out the Facebook page, uh, Josh Knoll's article. It's a fantastic article. Definitely read it. He does a great job uh, covering all of the, uh, the beer scene uh, in Chicago. The Michigan State Senate passed a bill that would allow bars and restaurants to sell cocktails to go and establish social districts where customers could consume alcoholic beverages beyond the traditional confines of bars and restaurants, licensed areas. Measure was approved on Wednesday, June 10th, goes to the State House of Representatives, where it appears to have bipartisan support. Social districts would be designated by local governments, and the State Liquor Control Commission would issue special licenses for bars and restaurants to operate within them. On-premise establishments 
would have to serve alcoholic beverages in cups emblazoned with their name or logo on them. Michigan restaurants reopened uh, this past week at 50% capacity. So we will see what happens there. Hopefully that gets done. Our good friends from Estrella Galatea, uh, from Galatea, Spain, uh, they've expanded their wholesale distribution footprint in the U.S., uh, as they are now in Utah, they have an exclusive partnership with Golden Beverage Distribution. They'll have access to Estrella Galatea Especial, 1906 Reserve, and the newly launched Estrella Galatea 0.0 alcohol-free statewide. I've actually seen the alcohol-free now in stores. I am definitely picking up a six-pack of this. It is one of the best-tasting non-alcoholic beers that I've ever had. It goes down fantastic. You wouldn't even know that you're drinking um, a beer that's non-alcoholic. And it's definitely something that if you're looking to hang out with people and not drink and drive, because, again, the alcohol laws in Europe are very, very strict. There is a zero-tolerance policy uh, for any type of alcohol, uh, drunk driving. You get caught with even a percentage in your system, you're in jail. I mean, they don't they don't mess around there. So it's very, very strict, and it's a great beer. Now, Utah is uh, the 12th state to distribute beer from the largest independently owned and operated brewery in Spain. Uh, they, uh, are, they are exported to over 30 countries. Great bunch of guys. We've had them on the show uh, when they came into the New York, New Jersey area uh, last year, and they really do uh, a fantastic, uh, fantastic job. And I'm telling you, if you haven't had a chance to pick up Estrella Galatea 0.0, uh, it's been brewed in Spain for more than 40 years. It is one is ranked as one of the most loved alcohol-free products in a country that boasts the highest consumption of booze in Europe. Uh, for sure, you definitely have to check out Estrella Galatea uh, 0.0. It's a fantastic beer. Finally, Dogfish Head has um, uh, started to work on the Brewpub's 25th anniversary uh, this month. They're releasing a whole bunch of different beers uh, covered in nugs. Is now available uh, at the Off Center Emporium for curbside pickup only. Just sixteen dollars per four pack at sixteen ounce cans. Uh, on Tuesday, June twenty third, they'll be releasing Shelter Pale Ale. It's a five percent ABV at seventeen dollars a four pack of sixteen ounce cans. Then on Saturday, July fourth, uh, they are releasing Faithful Companion. That is a four point two percent ABV beer, uh, fifteen dollars a four pack in sixteen ounce cans. Saturday, July eleventh, they will be releasing Floating Orchids. Uh, that's um, A 6.5% ABV at $18 a four-pack. This one is Pink Guava Passion Fruit Puree puree, and a selection of extra juicy hop varietals uh, for a tropical IPA. And then uh, they will be opening, or some of their places have reopened. The Brewing and Eats have reopened at a limited capacity. Uh, Chesapeake in Maine has reopened at limited capacity for in-restaurant dining. Uh, the Dogfish Inn will reopen, has reopened for business already. The Milton Tasting Room and Kitchen is currently closed. You'll have to check out dogfish.com for updates. And, of course, uh, for any more information on Dogfish Head Beer, just go to dogfish.com. Uh, their website has a great list of what's open, what's not open, what beers are available, and where you can pick up Dogfish Head Beer uh, anywhere around the country. Uh, so some good stuff. And uh, Sean McNulty is going to join me a little bit later on in the program, talk about the business of beer, what's going on. We know that sales on Memorial Day weekend were up um, because a lot of people are home, and obviously in a lot of states, liquor stores were considered essential. So we'll see how the business of beer is going from that standpoint. We'll also see how things are going in the New York area in terms of craft beer as well, with Sean McNulty coming up in just about, uh, oh, I'd say about 15 minutes from now. When we come back after a short break, more news and notes from around the beer world. This is the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. Larry Elder explains the talk. I, as a young black boy, had what some people call the talk with my parents about how I should behave 
if and when I am stopped by the police. Now, I must have missed the part where after my mom and my dad told me, be polite, cooperate fully, I must have missed the part where they then added, resist violently, and if possible, run. The Larry Elder Show, weeknights at 7, right before Dan Proft at 9, on AM 970, The Answer. Are you or your parents' assets protected from nursing home bills? Did you know these bills can exceed $15,000 a month? People work their entire lives to live comfortably in retirement, to leave their hard-earned dollars to loved ones or charities of their choice. But when people become ill and need to go into a nursing home or receive home care, the bills can drain your assets, leaving many people bankrupt. The good news is that you can prevent that from happening if you plan in advance. You can keep your control and your choice over your assets. Connors & Sullivan's lawyers can customize a plan that's specifically protects your interests, including your home. Schedule a free, initial, comprehensive telephone consultation with Mike Connors to discuss your issues and concerns from the security of your home. 718-238-6500. 718-238-6500. You can also visit them at connorsandsullivan.com. Don't let nursing home bills take your life savings and leave you and your loved ones bankrupt. Mike Connors can take you through the process by telephone and start a plan designed for you today. We're Diamond and Silk, and we have a new book coming out called Uprising. The Awakening of Diamond and Silk. It's about how we overcame poverty and hardship by not letting anyone else define who we are, what we can do, or who we are supposed to vote for. And guess what? You can do it too. That's right. And we want you to hear our personal story for the first time. Uprising by Diamond and Silk, coming August 18th. Pre-order at Amazon or wherever books are sold. Being in the Army National Guard is about more than just serving your country. It's about being there for your community when your neighbors need you most. The Army National Guard makes college affordable. Serving part-time lets you attend school full-time while you take advantage of education benefits that can help you graduate debt-free. If a civilian career is your goal, serving part-time allows you to work at a full-time job. The skills, qualities, and contacts you'll develop in the Guard can open doors to a great civilian career. Want to serve but worried about being away from friends and family? Part-time service in the Army National Guard allows you to serve close to home. Serving in the Army National Guard lets you have the life you want while you enjoy the many benefits of serving your community and nation. You owe it to yourself to learn more about how the Army National Guard can fit into your life. Visit NationalGuard.com. Sponsored by the New York Army National Guard. Aired by the New York State Broadcasters Association and this station. Listen to AM 970, The Answer, on Alexa, TuneIn, iHeart, or Radio.com. Welcome back to the Al Gattulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. You can follow me very easily on Twitter at Al Gattulo, Instagram at Gattulo, G-A-T-T-U-L-L-O, Facebook.com slash A-G Craft Beer Cast, via email at albert G at nycradio.com. Don't forget iTunes, Google Play, just do a search for A-G Craft Beer Cast. You'll find the shows on those two platforms, Alexa Ready 2, we're on radio.com, iHeartRadio. We're also available on the Hopped Up Network. If you head over to the HoppedUpNetwork.com, you can listen to the podcast version of this broadcast 
Monday mornings uh, before 6 a.m. It's usually up. It's usually up in the 5 o'clock hour. Now, coming up in 10 minutes, Sean McNulty is a podcaster host of a show called Selling Craft Beer. Gives you all the info that you need to know about the business of beer in six minutes or less. Calls it the Sixer. He's on iTunes, Google Play, Hopped Up Network, Stitcher. Check him out on Instagram at sellcraftbeer or facebook.com slash sellingcraftbeer. And Sean and I got a lot to talk about in terms of the business of beer. little Brian Setzer from the Brian Setzer Orchestra way back in 1996. Uh, guitar slinger, that's Rumble in Brighton. I, I love Brian Setzer. I just think his rockabilly kind of uh, music is just awesome. Um, you know, he pays tribute to the classics but really puts – that kind of 50s, 60s vibe to it uh, that still holds up today. So uh, pretty cool stuff. Love Brian Setzer. Never got a chance to see him. Actually, um, should look look into uh, seeing him in concert one of these days. Uh, let's dive into some more beer news. Uh, so Magic Hat um, is owned by a uh, Rochester, New York-based uh, Fifeco USA. They're going to vacate their brewery in Vermont, which where they started, um, and Performing Arts Center called the Artifactory in South Burlington next month. They are going to uh, brew their beer in Rochester, New York. Burlington, uh, Vermont-based Zero Gravity Craft Brewery has agreed to purchase Magic Hat. Uh, their brewing equipment take over its lease pending federal uh, permitting approval. Financial details of the equipment sale not disclosed. So production of Magic Hat will shift to their Genesee brew house in Rochester, which Fifeco owns. Uh, some packages of flagship no, number nine and other Magic Hat offerings are already being produced. The production facility underwent a $50 million renovation in 2018. Fifeco USA laid off all 43 Vermont-based uh, Magic Hat employees who will each receive a severance from the company. These workers will also be considered for open positions within zero gravity, according to the release. Um, Magic Hat, founded uh, back in 1994... Uh, the company acquired Seattle-based Pyramid Brewing in 2008, which I didn't know, and I loved Pyramid Brewing when I was out there in Seattle many moons ago. Um, and North American Breweries acquired the roll-up, which at the time included Magic Hat Pyramid and Portland, Oregon-based McTarhands in 2010. Um, this uh, Fiveco USA was the former North American Breweries. Uh, they didn't report volumes for Magic Hat in either 2018 or 2019. In 2017, the last year in which Magic Hat's volume was reported to the Brewers Association, the craft brand produced 75,000 barrels of beer, down from 181,000 barrels in 2014. Um, I'll be honest, and this is Magic Hat's exit from Vermont comes after Fifeco USA permanently closed Pyramid Brewing Company's Ale House in Seattle after more than 30 years in business. This is the Ale House that was directly across the street from Safeco Field, which I had an opportunity uh, to tour back in, God, back in 1997. And was very impressed. And Pyramid's beers are really good. We're actually in New York in New York for a while now. I think you can barely get the apricot uh, ale uh, from Pyramid. Um, so, I mean, this is interesting uh, and not surprising. Magic Hat, uh, to me, hasn't really done that much in recent years in terms of uh, beer. Uh, I've had a number of their offerings. Um, not really impressed with them at all. Maybe one or two beers kind of hit the mark for me, but the rest of it was kind of went by the wayside. I was not happy that the New Jersey Devils decided to pick Magic Hat as their beer to brew a Jersey beer. It would have made more sense to have a Jersey-based brewer uh, do the beer. Um, but, you know, I get it. Bigger production facility, et cetera, et cetera. But out of all the breweries, Magic Hat is the one you came up with. A little short-sighted, at least, uh, from my point of view. But good luck to Magic Hat. Let's see what happens. But, you know, the buzz on social media, eh, you know, okay, yeah, great. Magic Hat was a good beer back in the day. Uh, when you were first getting started with craft beer, but really hasn't done much 
uh, in recent years, and the numbers certainly dictate that. Uh, got an update uh, on Brewery Strong, uh, which is, um, you know, they're doing such a great job. Rob Callahan and John Cushow and Tom Renzulli and uh, Mike Kivowitz and, and, you know, all the folks um, that are um, helping out with Brewery Strong are doing a phenomenal job. And the other night, Rob Callahan and the guys from Brewery Strong uh, did a little Zoom video. Uh, it was on Facebook and um, to update on what's going on and how much money they raised. Did you know that this nonprofit, with the help of breweries from around the state of New Jersey, and people donating their own money, I bought a T-shirt to help out. A lot of people bought T-shirts, uh, stickers, glass, glassware, all kinds of stuff. They have raised over $40,000 in just about two months. Now, you can still receive a grant from Brewery Strong uh, if you're out of work because of the pandemic, if you work in the craft brewing, restaurant, hospitality industry in New Jersey. They have personally handed out checks to almost 100 people in less than two months. Round three of applications is open right now. You have to fill out the whole application. They will get back to you. They will vet you. They will take time that we've had, apparently, according to the video, they've had some unscrupulous people try and get money from them. But uh, for the most part, everything is above board. And this is a grant. It will not affect your unemployment in any way, shape, or form. You don't have to claim it on your taxes. You're going to get a check. So a lot of it's being personally delivered by Rob Callahan himself. Uh, uh, the uh, round three of applications are open. They can be found by going to brewerystrong.org. I encourage you, if you work in the business, you're out of work right now, even places that are opening up right now with outdoor dining, they can't bring their full crew back. So there are people maybe working one day, two days a week. They need the money. Don't be ashamed. Go to brewerystrong.org. They're going to give you a little bit of money to help you out during this. You know, you got to remember, there are people that are on unemployment right now from from these businesses still haven't received a check from the state of New Jersey. Any little bit helps. And uh, Rob and uh, and all the guys and, and gals have done a fantastic job with this. Uh, I love it. In fact, I think, if I'm not mistaken, some of the brewery strong glasses will be available in breweries to purchase uh, for you to take home. That's pretty cool. So they're doing like pine shakers and things like that. That's awesome. Brewerystrong.org. Uh, kudos to Rob Callahan uh, and his guys. Just a, just a phenomenal job. Um, Medallia Light Beer, uh, which is Puerto Rico's best-selling beer, will be coming to New Jersey. Uh, Cerveza de Puerto Rico, which has crafted Medallia Light for 40 years, partnering with Conrad Beverage Company uh, to distribute uh, this beer. It'll be in places like Camden, Gloucester, and parts of Burlington County uh, this week. Uh, I'm assuming at some point they'll be coming up north. 77 calories, a 4.2% ABV per 10-ounce can. The popular light beer uh, hitting the shelves in 12 and 24-pack cans, 98 calories, 4.2% ABV per 12-ounce, available in 6 and 24-pack bottles. To learn more, medallialight.com. And you can also follow them at medallialight on Instagram and the Twitter if you so choose, if you choose to do so. Uh, our good friends from Founders are going to be releasing Oktoberfest to raise awareness for an art prize. Um, this is a beer that Founders is doing. Um, it's going to have a 6% ABV, a retail price of about 10 bucks a six-pack. It'll be available as of August in 12-ounce cans and on draft in the Grand Rapids and Detroit tap, tap rooms, uh, according to uh, Jeremy Kosmicki, uh, the brewmaster. Brewing traditional German-style beers, especially malt-forward lagers, isn't something we're especially accustomed to. I've really begun to enjoy drinking Marzen's over the past few years and decided to get serious about a recipe. Oktoberfest is brewed with malt and hops imported from Germany for a rich multi-character that still manages to stay light on the palate, whether you're celebrating art prize 
or Oktoberfest. This is the beer to do it with. And this, of course, um, art prize is an open, independently organized international art competition. It takes place for 19 days each fall in Grand Rapids, Michigan. More than $500,000 in prizes are awarded each year. It includes a $200,000 prize awarded entirely by public vote and another $200,000 prize awarded by a jury of art experts. Uh, for more information on that, visit artprize.org for updates on the 2020 program. That's cool that uh, Jeremy's doing a Oktoberfest, which they've never really done uh, before. So um, th- this is pretty cool. I'll be in- uh, interested when it comes out in August uh, to try that because I'm sure Jeremy has put his own little uh, spin on the recipe, and I'm sure it's going to be fantastic. The guys from Founders are great guys. They've always been very supportive of the show and um, have included me in a lot of things Um you know, over the course of the last couple of years that I've been doing this show. So kudos to them and thank you for them. Speaking of another brewery that's done a lot for this show uh, and is coming out with um, a beer that they had come out with a couple of months ago but are now putting it as part of their full-time lineup, uh, Coronado Brewing announced uh, last week their Pineapple Farm Hazy IPA uh, will be a part of their new year-round offerings. It was originally brewed uh, in small batches, um, but they have now added this 16-ounce can to their year-round lineup, uh, it is a 6.8% ABV with a 45 IBU, so low on the bitterness scale. 16-ounce, four-packs, or on draft. It is being released this month. It'll be available throughout Coronado's distribution network on draft, and it's 16-ounce can, four-packs. Um, not really going to be able to get it here on the East Coast unless you are in Philadelphia. Uh, that's about the closest place where they are getting it. So, um, you know, it, kudos to them for making this a part of their uh, everyday lineup uh, for their yearly lineup because I've had it. It's good. Uh, it is definitely packing a nice little punch with pineapple flavor and uh, really enjoyed it a lot. And uh, I'm glad to see that Coronado is putting this uh, in their full-time lineup. So uh, that's good news for them. And when we come back after a short break, Sean McNulty from Selling Craft Beer will join me. We're going to be all talking all about the business of beer and what's going on, not only in New York and New Jersey, but of course, around the nation as well. This is the Alcatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. News, opinion, passion. This is AM 970, The Answer. It's fair in 75 degrees. What's going on? We have the answer. Nine people are recovering after being shot in a mass shooting in Syracuse late Saturday night. Nicole Wilson has the details. Someone fired off more than two dozen rounds into a large crowd of people who had gathered for an outdoor birthday party. Officials say it may be the most victims the city has ever seen in a single shooting, and they're vowing to get justice. I have no doubt the chief and his team uh, are going to investigate thoroughly, and uh, as they usually do, uh, hopefully uh, identify uh, those responsible and hold them accountable. That's Mayor Ben Walsh. He says several hundred people were at the party. The victims range in age from 17 to 53. The 17-year-old had the most serious injuries. He was shot in the head and rushed to the hospital in critical condition. Nicole Wilson, NBC News Radio. John Bolton is denying that he said he'd vote for Joe Biden over President Trump in November. A spokesperson says Bolton doesn't plan to vote for either Biden or Trump and will write in the name of a conservative Republican. In sports, it was hardly an ordinary race day at Talladega Super Speedway, even before the lousy weather. It was a double whammy of change for Sunday's Cup Series race. Only 5,000 fans were allowed in because of the coronavirus pandemic with up to 44 RVs and the Confederate flags that once flew openly around the infield in the stands are now banned. 
NASCAR hasn't disclosed how it will handle fans flying flags. Traffic delays are minor at your Hudson River crossings. Looks like a good ride at the GWB. Both the Holland and the Lincoln tunnels are a pretty good ride. Turnpike southbound from interchanges 14 to 12, closed till 5 a.m. Monday morning for ongoing repairs. Alton inside parking will suspended through next Sunday. Meter rules do remain in effect. Weather for tonight, 20% chance of showers and thunderstorms, otherwise cloudy with a low around 70. Mostly sunny for your Monday with a high near 88. Now you know what's going on. I'm Amy Salerno and AIM 970 The Answer. This Father's Day weekend, June 19th, comes a brand new film, Selfie Dad, available at SalemNow.com. Selfie Dad is a very funny yet powerful movie about a Christian dad in a midlife crisis who becomes an overnight social media phenomenon only to turn away from God and his family. But when he's confronted with a newfound friendship and the life-changing truths of the Bible, he learns the only way to have true happiness. Some of these things I just can't fix without some sort of direction. And I'm finding it right here in the Bible. God can do incredible things. Selfie Dad stars Christian comedians Michael Jr. and Shonda Pierce, as well as Grammy singer YouTube star Jamie Grace and War Room's Karen Abercrombie. It will inspire you to find the life-changing value of reading the Bible. Watch this movie at SalemNow.com and save 20% when you use promo code WNYM. That's SalemNow.com promo code WNYM. Joe Piscopo wakes you up at 6 a.m. Kevin McCullough takes you home at 5 p.m. Weekdays on AM 970, The Answer. Yeah, you, me, and the bottle makes three tonight. That's for sure uh, during this pandemic. Welcome back to the Al Gattulo Craft Beer Cast uh, right here on AM 970. The answer, follow me very easily on Twitter at Al Gattulo, Instagram at Gattulo, G-A-T-T-U-L-L-O, Facebook.com slash AG Craft Beer Cast uh, via email, Albert G at NYCRadio.com, iTunes, Google Play, uh, it, we're, we're all over iHeart, Radio.com, Alexa Ready, Hopped Up Network, all kinds of good stuff. Just head over uh, to any of those platforms. You can listen to the show right there. The other show that you can also listen to on the Hopped Up Network, and you can follow him on Instagram and all those other great places, um, is Selling Craft Beer. He gives you all the info you need to know about beer in six minutes or less. Calls it appropriately enough the Sixer. He's on iTunes, Google Play, like I mentioned, Stitcher. Check him out on Instagram at Sell Craft Beer, Facebook.com slash Selling Craft Beer. Let me welcome back to the program. We just spoke to him right when this pandemic started. Kind of wanted to get... A little bit more now that we're into this pandemic here. But let me welcome back into the program Sean McNulty. Sean, how are you? I'm doing well, Al. How are you? Pretty good, pretty good. Uh, So listen, beer sales were up over the Memorial Day weekend. But the reality is it's not really an accurate number since so many breweries were shut down except for to-go sales and delivery. And obviously liquor stores in many states, except for Pennsylvania at one point, were considered essential. So we've... We've seen that number being up over Memorial Day, but as things get closer to Fourth of July weekend, how are things looking? It's been really steady, Al. I mean, week by I mean, there was that initial kind of late March, everybody went nuts, and you know, <laughs> we had a huge forty percent, you know, boom. But you know, for April, May, and even into June now, even the first week of June, you know, sales have been pretty beer sales have been pretty steady at up about you know, roughly twenty to twenty five percent each week. 
That number has fluctuated slightly, but it hasn't really gone down very much. And this is a national number, not a regional one. But right. and this is for off premise. So this is beer bought in grocery stores, liquor stores. This is not a you know a bar sales thing. So it's been steady. And you know, uh, it's what you said Fourth of July. That's always the biggest beer sale week of the year. If it maintains, you know, that could be even a bigger thing as we go into summer. But the the sales haven't you know haven't really stopped yet. Yeah, that's true. And again, that that number doesn't include bars and and breweries. Yeah. Obviously, breweries, right? Correct. Sales, so yeah. that number, you know, everybody looks at that number. It's oh, things are going right. great. But again, it's it's a little <laughs> skewed. So you got to remember that. Now, the reopening has started here in the New York, New Jersey area. At first, it's outdoor service only. New Jersey was first for that. Many breweries were ready. Some have opted not to do it. Uh, due to space limitations or training of staff. Obviously, a lot of these guys had to furlough uh, workers or maybe lay them off, and so they're bringing people back, and they're not quite ready yet because New Jersey, much like New York, kind of doesn't seem to have their act together on certain things, what rules you have to follow, what you don't. Now, New York City is going to be starting this coming week. Uh, What does that mean long-term financially for these breweries? It's obviously very specific to your location in terms of some places. You know, you're not going to have people inside your brewery very much. I mean, I think you probably, you and I probably both agree the last thing we want to do is sit in the, you know, an inside of a crowded room with a bunch of people with no masks on at this point. So if you have an outdoor option, whether that be a curbside, whether that's you can open up a parking lot, you know, whatever that is, and it's obviously very local, you know, by town by town, you know, you're going to be able to have some business. You're going to still have all the delivery. You're still going to have all the shipping. Whatever rights you have, you're going to keep through the summer. So all that business will maintain for you, which has, you know, been a savior for a lot of these breweries at this time. So this is an add-on to that. But, you know, you and I both know we've been to a brewery on a Saturday that could be, you know, 150, 200 people in somewhere. Right. And some breweries can do, you know, have people back, but they can have, you know, they got some people have, you know, four to eight tables. So you're going to have maybe 50 people at a time coming through every two hours, you know, to be much more limited in terms of the revenue. So it's a, it's a bump, but it's, you know, it's not a long-term solution. And obviously this is, you know, that goes for four or five months. And this is going to be, you know, I think you guys both agree, going to be quite a, a long game here. So mm-hmm. come November, you got to kind of make plans for, well, we'll get our money now, but we got to have a long-term plan here as to what our, our future is going to be. So it's a nice addition for the summer. It's great for people's morale. And it's great to have people back. I think you and I are both excited to get out and just kind sure. of see people and have, have a beer which is great for the community as a business. It's a nice add-on. It's not a savior, and it's not a long-term save for some of these businesses as well. So, you know, it's it's <laughs> it's little bit by bit. Now. He's not really looking for this long-term, oh, it's all good now. It's like, well, it's, things are good and getting better, but we'll see how it goes. And yeah. hopefully, you know, there's a brewery in Seattle. You know, they had they opened up, and they had an employee who got, you know, came down, tested positive for COVID, then it shut back down for two weeks. So there may be a bit of that ebb and flow of, you know, kind of having to ride it out like a wave a little bit. I, I agree with you on that. I think we're going to see that. I think some of these breweries, you're going to see that happening, and they're going to end up having to shut down. And obviously, um, in in New York City, space limitations, you know, th- there's not a lot of yeah. property. They have to get permissions. The city can't figure out uh, and neither head nor tails of what is right or what's not right and what can you do and what can't you do. New Jersey, a little different because some of these places are out in industrial parks where they have the room to do it. So it's going to be a kind of ebb and flow. So definitely... Uh, we're going to see some improvement in some areas and some some de- you know some stuff detracting in other areas. We're talking with Sean McNulty. He's a podcaster, host of a little show called Selling Craft Beer. Gives you all the info you need to know about beer in six minutes or less. Calls it appropriately enough. The Six Series on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher. Check him out on Instagram, Facebook. We're here on the Algatulo Craft Beercast on AM nine seventy. The answer. Middle of next month, the first round of the PPP money will have been spent by many brewers who qualified for it. 
What's next for the rest of the summer and indeed the rest of 2020? And that's really the looming question now. I think, you know, I think we all kind of in the beer committee saw that survey in early April where, you know, it's 40 percent of breweries couldn't last one month or three months. You know, everybody's kind of freaked out at that time and rightfully so. But then the PPP came in and they did a new poll in uh, mid-May, I think, at the Brewers Association. The numbers were way down. Everybody was more confident about that kind of thing because they had this gap loan. But once that goes out again, it doesn't seem like there's going to be another, you know, at this point, anything equivalent to that that's come and take its place. And again, if you're only at capacity where you have 20% of the business you once had in your tap room, these issues are going to come back up again. So, you know, the businesses who weren't well suited may have some issues again, as we get into August and September where, you know, if there's another outbreak, if there's, and it's very regional. So right. New York and New Jersey, we're both, you know, Connecticut doing very, very well. If you look at states like Texas and Florida, you know, who knows what that looks like in July and August. Yeah. So, you know, it's not a one size fits all. I do think on the face of it, I think New York and New Jersey, and some people would disagree with me, but I think the, the tri-state area for the most part has done a good job of handling the, the, the pandemic and, and the amount of cases. I think the states that opened up earlier, you're starting to see that, that little bit of that surge, and that may pull them back in terms of, uh, you know, we're speaking strictly about beer sales. I think that's where you're going to see some pullback. I think maybe New York, New, York, New Jersey, Connecticut, uh, Pennsylvania, they'll, they'll weather the storm a little bit better. But I do think uh, we're going to definitely see uh, some, you know, again, it's, it's all how you take care of yourself. Whether you wear a mask yeah. when you go to these places, whether they require it or not, um, how careful you are. If you're not feeling well, you should stay home. It's all common sense kind of stuff. But, again, I, I do think that the governors of both New York and New Jersey have done a, a pretty good job. They've made some mistakes, but I think they've done a pretty good job, and that will help uh, in the long run for at least the brewers in those two states. Now, we've also had plenty of changes in laws around the nation from delivery of beer to spaces dedicated for beer consumption outdoors. Oklahoma, to the best of my knowledge, has made their delivery laws permanent. Uh, are we going to see this from other states, or will the temporary laws go away after this is over? I think it's going to be really hard for people to go back at this point. Uh, yeah, I think you are correct. In Oklahoma, just made it permanent right away. Uh, you know, certain states, as we all know, are a little more amenable to right. the beer business than others, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, these laws are going to need to be in place for at least a year. You know, as I said, when the winter comes, if there's surges, you can't go away and say, oh, by the way, you can't do delivery anymore. You know, right. that's, it's going to be a death knell for any of these people. So once you, as a consumer... Once you've had this stuff, whether that be to go sales from restaurants and whether that's delivery or even or shipping of beer, you know, even just in your state, you know, all the voters and people of the state are like, what do you mean we can't do this anymore? It was no, you know, no major issues that came up. Right. You know, before it was all behind the scenes where it's just internal lobbying. You just said, oh, we can't do it. You kind of accepted it. But once you've done it for a year, 18 months, and you want to go back to the old way, I think, you know, people are very vocal, especially in New Jersey, about beer laws, as we've seen before, where mm-hmm. – you know, the the issues came up, and everybody's, you know, uh, state senate office got a lot of phone calls. Yeah. I think if they try and, you know, reverse a lot of these policies that people like, you know, uh, that's going to be a real issue for any politician in the state the state senate. You know, it's interesting, Sean. Uh, uh, Senator State Senator Vin Gopal was a guest on the program yeah. a couple of weeks ago. He's the one who spearheaded this law in New Jersey to get delivery out there and to be able to get the bars and restaurants to be able to serve drinks to go instead of just giving you the mixers and putting it together yourself, they're actually able to sell you 
uh, you know, a screwdriver or a mojito, whatever it is. And yeah. he wanted to make the bill permanent. But he said, he said, look, there was some some pushback with that, with the Restaurant Association, some others. So we did, you know, six months or after the pandemic is over. And I think that's good. But even he admits, and other politicians will admit this as well, as well in New Jersey, the, the laws in New Jersey are archaic. They're, they're so many years old that they need to be brought up to the 21st century. So I think you're right. I hope that this is the start of a discussion and not just, all right, well, it's over. Uh, let's go back to the old way. So I'm hoping that uh, a lot of these states will see this and say, look, they're doing it responsibly. They're paying attention to the rules. There's nothing, there's no, uh, you know, shenanigans going on. So let's yeah. let's keep these things. And again, it's a revenue generator. It's a tax yes. revenue generator. Why wouldn't you want these things to continue? Because you're getting tax revenue from these businesses. I mean, to me, it's a no-brainer. At a time when state budgets are going to be decimated, it's like you want to cut off another source of revenue in addition to not letting me do what I want to do. It's like good luck making that argument a year from now, I'd say. Exactly, 100%. My guest has been Sean McNulty. He's a podcaster, host of a show called Selling Craft Beer. He gives you all the info you need to know about the business of beer in six minutes or less. He calls it The Sixer. He's on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher. Check him out on Instagram at sellcraftbeer or facebook.com slash sellingcraftbeer. Sean, thanks so much for joining me tonight. Very much appreciate it. Oh, it's a pleasure, Ralph. Thanks again. You got it. Up next, it's time for Suds and Duds. Plus, got a little news from the good folks at Source Brewing that you may or may not be aware of, of a beer that's coming out or has come out already this past weekend uh, as a part of their music series. We'll talk about that and a few other things as well. Coming up next on the Alcatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. Mike Gallagher sees another example of a media double standard. Are people good with thousands and thousands and thousands of people having a rally in Brooklyn with nary a word of condemnation from the from the media or the politicians? Let that sink in as the media melts down over Trump's rally this weekend in Tulsa. The Mike Gallagher Show, weekdays at 10, right before Dennis Prager at 1 on AM 970. The Answer. One of the greatest gifts anyone can give is the gift of service. Since 1636, the citizen soldiers of the National Guard have been defending our country's liberties at home and abroad. And New Jersey has been at the forefront of it all. No one cares more for New Jersey than people from New Jersey. Now more than ever, it is incumbent upon the soldiers of the New Jersey Army National Guard to be prepared to serve their neighbors and their community. As a member of the New Jersey Army National Guard, you will have the opportunity to make a difference right here in our great state. We have positions available for immediate hire for qualifying applicants. Find out more at njarmyguard.com or call 1-800-GO-GUARD. That's 1-800-GO-GUARD. I'm Sergeant Houston, and I'm a proud member of the New Jersey Army National Guard, and I care about you. This message sponsored by the New Jersey Army National Guard, the New Jersey Broadcasters Association, and this station. Every Saturday morning at 7, the Auto Lab, the longest-running auto show in New York City, can be heard for a full two hours. Host Professor Harold Walchok and a diverse panel of automotive experts will answer all your basic automotive questions and fill you in on the history and culture of the auto industry. The Auto Lab is on the air and here to help for a full two hours. Listen every Saturday morning starting at 7, right here on AM 970, The Answer. Take AM 970 The Answer anywhere you go with our mobile app. Get in on iTunes, Google Play, or listen on TuneIn, iHeart, Alexa, or Radio.com. Hey, come on, man. Wake up. 
segment of the Algatula for FBRCast right here on AM970, The Answer. Follow me very easily on Twitter at Algatulo, Instagram at Gattulo, G-A-T-T-U-L-L-O, Facebook.com, slash AGCraftBeerCast, via email at albertg at nycradio.com, iTunes, Google Play. You just do a search for AG Craft Beer Cast. You'll find the shows on those two platforms. We're Alexa ready as well, radio.com, iHeartRadio, and you can also check us out on the Hopped Up Network Monday mornings before 6 a.m. Eastern Daylight Time. Uh, you can check out the podcast version of this song. The Dream is Over from Van Halen's For Unlawful Carnal Knowledge. It was this week in 1991 that this uh, particular album came out. This was also the year. Actually, was it this? Was it that year? I think it was. Yes, it was October of '91, where I first met Van Halen for the first time. Sammy Hagar, Eddie Van Halen, Alex Van Halen, Michael Anthony, and actually shared Budweisers with Eddie and Sammy. One of the coolest moments uh, in my uh, radio life. I was 21 years old, and not only, and I've told this story before on the program. But not only did I get a chance to smoke some cannabis with Don Henley the same day, uh, I got to drink beers with Sammy Hagar and Eddie Van Halen. That was very cool. It was a surreal moment. First radio job that I ever had at uh, 1027 uh, WNEWFM, the place where rock lived. Uh, and uh, it was the um, Rocktober. Scott Muni used to do his shows from the Hard Rock Cafe for a week. And on that particular day I was working, they'd asked me for uh, some extra help. Paul Cameras, thank you very much for that. I don't know if Paul listens to the program or not, but Paul is uh, vice president, I believe, of game presentation for the new, for the uh, Brooklyn Nets now. And uh, Paul uh, was the one who asked me if I could stick around and help out. And, uh, uh, boy, was I glad that I did because that was a very surreal day uh, at the old Hard Rock Cafe. Anyway, let's get into suds and duds. Um, and real quick, before we dive into Suds and Duds, Source Brewing um, this past weekend came out with a great beer, the second part of their um, music series. Uh, this is their artist tribute series. All You Need Is Love, after the Beatles. Paul McCartney's birthday was this past Thursday. They did a Beatles-themed beer, uh, an Imperial uh, IPA, uh, New England IPA at 9%. Uh, very cool. Great, great um, can art. Basically, the source barn in the background with kind of an Abbey Road in the front of it. Now, I I have to ask, and we're going to be interviewing uh, Phil Petraka for next week's program uh, because we've got something else to tease uh, that's coming up on the 4th of July uh, weekend. But I want to know if that road is Abbey Road or is it Route 34? That's the question I have to ask him. But very cool. Uh, Good stuff from the guys at Source. Uh, That's just, uh, it's you know, they make great beer. And, of course, portions of the program brought to you by Source Brewing uh, right off of Route 34 in Colts Neck, New Jersey. Uh, they do such a great job with their can art. I mean, just their can art alone, I love. Their designer is phenomenal. The beer is fantastic. So you definitely have to check them out. Uh, they should be opening, actually, for outdoor drinking sometime in July. We'll get into that with Phil next week as to when they're going to do it. I know various places, Bolero, uh, Bolero Snort did a, a beer garden this weekend. Wet Ticket has done something uh, behind their building in Rawway. Uh, I believe Carton and Kane are kind of um, holding off for now um, because um, Augie from Carton wants people to support the restaurants in town and buy Carton beer there. It's two for the price of one. Not only are you supporting a local business, you're also supporting a local beer. That's great. Uh, uh, you know, a very good thing. A lot of breweries in South Jersey that are open as well. 
So, um, you know, doing their outdoor beer garden. So kudos to them. And let's hope that everybody follows the rules and we don't have a huge spike where we have to shut things down again. Let's dive into suds and duds. Uh, a couple of beers from Upward Brewing. I thought I reviewed these on last week's program. Maybe I did. Maybe I didn't. I don't. I honestly don't remember. Um, but I'm going to tell you, they're Ascension Pilsner, a clean, crisp, solid Pilsner. Um, nothing special about it. Nothing that that knocked me out. They're Golden Ratio Pale, though. I really enjoyed this beer. Slightly juicy, a little bit of a bite. Very, very crushable at uh, at a, at a just around a five percenter. A uh, little pineapple in there as well. This was a good beer. I could drink this one over and over again. Again, very, very crushable. Um, you know, you could probably have a couple in the in the warm weather uh, in the backyard. Uh, from Untied, uh, I got a, I picked this up at um, uh, New Jersey Wine Cellar in Cranford. Uh, falling behind with berries. This is a sour IPA. It's an interesting beer. The slight bitterness of an IPA and then a big hit of berry, more blackberry than anything. Um, I was kind of thrown off a little bit. Uh, by this beer. I love the color of the beer. I like the berry hit. I think the bitterness of the IPA and the berry kind of threw me off a little bit because you're expecting one thing, you're getting another, and then you kind of just, you're playing around with your senses a little bit. Decent beer. I don't know if I could have more than one of them, though. That's the thing. I'm glad I got one can because I think if I had had a four-pack of this, I'd be hard-pressed to get my way through it. It's just honest opinion. I, I, I love a good sour, and I love IPAs. I don't know. And I've had some sour IPAs that are good, I just wonder, what's the right mix? Do you need that bitterness of the IPA? And then if you don't have the bitterness, why would you call it an IPA? You know what I'm saying? I, I don't know. I, I don't. I honestly don't know. Um, I don't know the answer to that question. So uh, to be continued, let's put it that way. Uh, Tropical Bliss from Source. This was their release that came out a week ago. A creamy, nice vanilla hit, and then the tropical flavor just kind of shines right through this beer. An excellent beer uh, from Source. And... Uh, I had one of their other ones, too. We'll get to that in a second. First point of contact uh, from Untied. This is a good beer. I've had this before. This is a nice, clean lager, uh, just well done, uh, just a perfect, uh, easy sipper uh, while you're relaxing on a Friday or a Saturday night. Excellent beer. Good stuff from the guys at Untied. The other part uh, from Source that I had, their single silo series, the Ultra Waimea. This is very juicy, nice little citrus, and a little piney hit there uh, in this beer. But it's very smooth. And, again, love the can art. Very reminiscent uh, of Hawaii, uh, even though it's kind of in a black and white, kind of almost grayish uh, can. Very good stuff. Caught in the Middle, this is a a solid, easy-drinking IPA from Untied. Um, You know, Untied is doing some good stuff uh, with their beers. By the way, they have an outdoor garden. They actually are in an industrial area uh, right in New Providence. And very easy to get to. Um, if you're coming off of Route 78, you get off at the Berkeley Heights exit. And if you're coming, uh, if you're going west on 78, get off the Berkeley Heights exit, follow Diamond Hill Road to the second light. When you get to the second light, you make a right, you go down one more light and make a left, uh, follow that road until you hit the train station. You'll see the train station for New Providence. You make a left there, take that road all the way to the end, make another left, go, it's about... No, oh, maybe once you make that final left, maybe it's uh, 60 seconds up the road. So um, Matt does a great job with his beers, and uh, I love the fact that they have a little outdoor beer garden. Uh, we'll definitely have to check that out at some point during the summer. Uh, it's an easy ride for me. It's about 25 minutes from my house, and uh, Matt is doing some great stuff over there and kind of tucked away uh, from everything else. So kudos, Matt. Uh, you're doing a great job over there. Uh, got a can of this. 
Uh, not going to say how, but I did get a can of the New London by Source. I had missed out on this uh, release when it came out a couple of weeks ago. This is a um, this is a porter, and the best way I can describe this because it's a very low ABV. It's like four percent. It's an adult cold brew coffee. If you like cold brew coffee, this is the beer for you. This is a great beer. It's almost like an English mild, but it's not. It's a porter, but it's almost like an English mild. It's so light. It's so refreshing. Um, it's it's delicious. I love it. I, I could drink 15 of them. It's that good. It's not heavy. You know, Obviously, it's pouring dark. It's a dark beer, but it doesn't taste like a heavy dark beer. That's what I love about it. Great job, guys, uh, from the guys at Source. Uh, Jeremy and, and Greg really killing it. Uh, over there with the beers. Fantastic stuff. Uh, Erebus, uh, Torch and Crown Stout, uh, a very well-done stout. Notes of chocolate and coffee on this one. Very nice and smooth. Little hint of cherry uh, on the back end of it. Excellent stout. Um, I wonder what donut it would have paired well with. I missed out on those donuts. I have to get up to that donut place in Harlem. have to check them out. My son wants me to take the trip. Of course, because, you know, he's 16 and he loves donuts. Who wouldn't? As we continue on here, Suds and Duds on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. Impact Wrench from Industrial Arts. I wanted to try this. Wasn't sure if I was going to buy a four-pack of it. Saw a can of it at New Jersey Wine Cellars in Cranford. Very, very happy that I I bought this. And very deceptive for a 10% beer. Smooth, dank. It went down very easily. That's dangerous at 10%. Excellent beer. Industrial Arts does a fantastic job uh, with their beers. Had um, one can of Untied uh, Cares. This is a great beer that um, Matt Green had put out from his guys at Untied. I mean, $9 a four-pack. How do you beat that? You don't. At two and a quarter, a, a 16-ounce can, phenomenal IPA. Probably one of the best that he's made. And then finally, uh, had uh, well, not finally, uh, also had a can of um, uh, uh, Summerhouse. Was it Summerhouse? You know, I, I, I drank this beer two weeks ago, but I had another can left of Torch and Crown Summer Kolsch. And you would think that I would remember the name of it, but of course I'm so dumb. Sharehouse, that's it. Their Summer Kolsch uh, from Torch and Crown Sharehouse. Excellent, another excellent beer. Uh, well done by those guys. Love a good Kolsch. And then finally, uh, from Twin Elephant, Scantron. As I described it on Untapped, you can follow me on Untapped at Gatulo, G-A-T-T-U-L-L-O. Scantron, put your number two pencil down. It's a slamming beer, hazy with a nice bite to it. Well done. I I, I'm, I love a lot of the things that Twin Elephant has done. They have done a fantastic job. Kudos to those guys over there, um, Cindy and the gang. You guys are great, and you make fantastic beer. It is always a pleasure uh, to buy beer from those guys. They're not sure if they're going to do an outdoor beer garden. They are very limited in terms of space, but they have such a great way of selling their beer and a very easy pickup system. It is phenomenal over in Chatham. If you haven't been to Twin Elephant, when they finally reopen, you definitely have to check them out. You will not be disappointed. Folks, we are out of time. My thanks to everyone involved in the show, as well as my guest, Sean McNulty from Selling Craft Beer. And, of course, last but not least, the great Buddy Watson. Back Monday on the Joe Piscopo Show at 6 a.m., this has been the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970 The Answer. Cheers, everybody.